Heavy handed, heavy handed, heavy handed. What up, what up, everybody? I'm your host, Big T. Will. Welcome to another edition of Philly Full Court Press. Every day we lit, we don't get. Nah, we're not going to get into that, but my man, Nat Marlowe. T. Will, what's up? Producer extraordinaire. We're still on that remote session. What you drinking back there? Ah, got me a little uh, peach rock, ginger ale, or ice. Nice. That sounds heavenly on a day like this. Yeah, it's hot outside. I don't see too much sun, but it's definitely hot out there. So, you know, this will uh, definitely uh, cool me off uh, before I step out there and uh, relax a little bit. But uh, got a lot to get into. You know, we got a lot to discuss. Uh, how was your week so far, Nat? My week has been really good. I started a second job, so I don't have to worry about paying the bills or anything like that. Good, man. Good for you. Good for you. So then uh, that means uh, we'll uh, have uh, lunch and drinks on you now, right? Yeah, that, <laughs> I feel. I definitely feel a lot more comfortable paying paying for friends' food now, now that I get a, can actually afford it. So, yeah, that's something I haven't been able to say in a while. Good thing is uh, with COVID-19, man, it might be a while. So you got plenty of time to stack that side money up, man. That's an excellent point. Saving saving money, that is something I have not been able to do in a while. I have My first day was last Monday. They asked me to do some overtime, pulled a 10-and-a-half-hour shift. I have never been more thankful to be exhausted from a long day's work. Just hearing the words yeah. overtime, it, it's, I, I'm incredibly thankful to be earning any kind of additional income during this crazy time. That's good, man. I'm uh, happy for you. I wish you a lot of success with that. And, uh, you know, everyone else out there who's working hard, you know, continue to work hard, stack your money. And everyone else who's uh, laid up like myself, continue to stack that money, and hopefully that uh, it gets better for us as it gets going. But, you know, let's let's do what we came to do, man. Uh, got a lot to get to. We're going to talk about uh, show today. We're going to talk about the Fisher's new lineup. Uh, we're going to talk about that second unit. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, maybe, maybe four wins now because it looks like the uh, Indiana Pacers suffered a, uh, a nice little uh, injury. Potential there. Uh, actually, yeah, potential. Uh, we got Ben Simmons, one for two, last uh, game. Right now, as they're playing now, you know, because we, we don't stop. What I told you, we don't matter if they're playing or not playing, we're going to keep going. Sixers is up at half against OKC. And then we could get into the OKC draft pick as well. There's been a lot of chatter about that. And uh, Matisse, Matisse is doing big things. Saw him on GMA. Did you catch him? I actually did, yes. Yeah, that was a nice piece that uh, they did on. Uh, oh, it was super Matisse. funny. But, yeah, yeah, Matisse, Matisse has opened up a little bit. You know, he's got a little clown tone, which I appreciate. I mean, we and, always knew uh, that. Yeah, definitely. Well, we got Embiid. You know, he's the biggest clown on the team right now in numerous ways. You know, we could talk about why we have this cast injury all of a sudden that he's not playing in this exhibition game right now. Per your you friend know, Keith Pompey. Precaution. You know, uh, it's just it's just it's one after another, man, with this guy. You know, and he's the crown jewel, but the crown jewel is always cracked. I mean, everybody else is is there balling and hooping and, and we got to take precautions with him. We got to, you know, the, he has to uh, sit out. We have to, uh, time management. 
load management. You know, it, it, it's to the point where it, it's so frustrating, it's funny. You, you think about it, it's funny. And Nat and I talked about this. We talked about uh, who was going to be the first one hurt. JoJo. Necessarily, yep, not, ne- it, it, not necessarily when it was going to happen. It was who was going to be the first one to pop up on the injury list. And damn it if it wasn't Joel Embiid, all the best shape in my life. Uh, let me give you that Brett Brown feed. Oh, Joel Embiid came in the camp, best shape in his career. You know, this is the best coach, Joel Embiid, that I've seen. Uh, Joel Embiid looks really good. This is a new, new. This is the the new Joel. You know, we've been waiting for this Joel. You know, things I read on social media. Oh, Joel looks slim. Joel looks ready. Sixers ready to make this run. Pause. Pause. Do you want to hear something crazy? Go ahead. Per our source slash friend Keith Pompey, Embiid experienced the discomfort during Friday's game against the Grizzlies. Friday's game. So he only played. He played the ten minute, the the ten, the ten minutes, twenty minutes, because it was the discomfort in the cast instead of the time management that uh, he was going to play like everyone else was on a uh, a time management schedule. So and that's why he's he also got... out this game. Well, I tell you, man. I tell you. Joel, drink, drink your electrolytes, man. That's all you got to do. You know, if you feel discomfort, eat a banana. Eat some fruit. It'll help your skin. It'll help your bones. You're still young enough, man. You got you got to take care of your body. Drink your milk. You're still young enough to fix these injuries, these little nicks and stuff and cramps. You know, eat some bananas, man. The potassium, you need that in your body. These trainers got to stay on top of him. You know, I I just don't I just don't get it. I thought he was going to be in great shape because of the NBA food that they were serving in that bubble. They looked too <laughs> too healthy. So I said to myself, oh, maybe this will force him to get in shape. I know there's plenty of fruit, plenty of fruit down there, man. You got to get in shape, Joel. I mean, this is just becoming a uh, a routine session, talking about MB and his, his, his little nicks and his calf muscles and calf strains and toe and foot and back and finger and head and eye. I mean, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. And it's so, not that hard to eat right. And most of it's hard to work out. I understand that, but most of working out, eighty percent of it is supplemented by the food you eat. To me, that's the easy part. For an athlete, yeah, because of the way everything is so controlled, especially with their trainers and you know their personal fitness trainers and you know the scientific doctors they have all set right now. You know that should be the easy thing, but for this guy, man, it just I just don't know. And with the right calf, the the term Keith Pompey used was discomfort. To me, that can mean anything. So most likely, it's not going to be very serious. But still, it's not a good sign your superstar is experiencing this kind of pain when we're two games into the scrimmages. I tell you what, if I was a trainer, he felt discomfort. I'm taking that. I'm taking his calf muscle, and I'm going to rub it down and wrap it with some heat. And I'm going to feed this guy bananas. 
and give him all his electrolytes and liquid for him to the point where he's too full to eat anything. But he'll have enough energy in his system to continue on with practice. And, you know, that's what I would do. So I understand the precautionary, you know, uh, the precautionary they're taking to sit them out. And it is a scrimmage game. These scrimmage games are just ready to get them prepared for the uh, eight-game race. But it's going to be a tough eight-game race if you don't have, you know, your best player. And everything, no matter how good Ben Simmons will always be and, and how much we adore him, you know, things always you know, end up it start and finishes with MB. So right, and ideally, but anyway, I ideally we want them, you know, to have a perfect game, to have a perfect record throughout these eight games. But realistically, they're probably only going to go three to five or four and four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way it looks at it right now, I mean that that uh that uh, uh that uh Sixers new lineup came out against Memphis, and they look good. I mean, but you're supposed to look good against the undersized Memphis team. And they did everything that they were supposed to do. There was something that I noticed because, you know, I I watched the game a little differently. I'm not, you know, it's just something I do. I noticed a lot of jumpers, a lot of jumpers. So you're not going to get those jumpers off like that, and they're all not all going to get knocked down. In those games, you guys start getting it to the rack. You know, even though they were getting to the, the to the rim off the off the uh, steals, the turnovers. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the sets. The sets they were running, they didn't have anything going or flowing towards the rim. Exactly, you know? it was all from beyond the arc. Right, everything was you know either beyond the arc, inside the or outside the foul line, and I'm okay with that too, outside the foul line. But I want to see something going towards the rack. I believe, uh, you know, only I, someone pointed out, uh, Shake Milton, you know, he took it to the rack a couple times. Uh, I saw, you know, you're going to mention, oh, yeah, Toby's dunk. Yeah, but that was an alley-oop off the break, you know. And then Toby had another dunk off of Jay Richard Steele in that Memphis game. And that uh, dive know, one was an absolute beauty. Towards the rack off of the set offense and the half-court uh, set was not there. It was jumper, 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 jumper. So, you know, just keep that in mind. You're not going to knock down all those jumpers like that consistently if you're playing every other game, especially with the Sixers team that we saw, you know. so Exactly. Concerning. And the Sixers, they had a 29-point lead against the Grizzlies. But the only reason why they had a 29-point lead was because the Memphis Grizzlies had no idea how to defend the arc. No, I mean – you gotta look like this. Memphis is a, Memphis is an up and coming team. Memphis, where the Sixers a few years back, where the Sixers fought, clawed their way back into uh, into games in the second half. You know, Brett Brown didn't play the starters in the second half. You know, he played the uh, the A not even the AAU. He played the local league, near uh, Township League, where everybody's going to play. Everyone's going to get time. Hell, Howell uh, Meadow played. I forgot he was still on the team. You know, so. Uh, I was hoping Shylock. Brett Brown forgot too. <laughs> My man Shylock is a sniper. I mean, people keep sleeping on this guy, or you don't know. But uh, Shylock he, is a beast. He, Shylock is a monster, and if he could just get a little bit of playing time with that first that first unit, you know, he he's a sniper. He's your sniper right there. So I was glad to see he made the uh, roster. 
You know, it sucks that they had a draft pick, Zaire Smith, who, uh, you know, still working his way back into shape with that sickness he had. You know, I, I wish him a lot of luck and uh, hope the best for him that he can possibly get back on the court and uh, perform the way he should perform and the way we thought he was going to be. You know, or else that looks like another wasted pick. Another wasted pick during this um, trust the process time. Yeah, and you know? you're right. So You're 100% right. How much? How much time or how much more are we going to trust this process if we keep having wasted picks? You know, it's it, it starting the window. The window's now. The window was last year. The window was open. The window was open this year. Next year is when you start looking at that window and seeing how much it's going to close. And then the following year, I look at it as we're going to start really pressing. So. You know, this is why I'm so agitated because the time is now and um, it's just being wasted. So, but that new lineup, you know, if it stays healthy and stays, uh, you know, there's that if, you know, if, 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 healthy, consistent, it's a strong lineup. Sixers look good on a strong lineup. But once again, you're supposed to take care of business against the Memphis Grizzlies, the undersized. Memphis Grizzlies, okay? Um, they look good as a starter. Same with this game right now. For those who are probably watching as we're uh, recording, we're following along. Uh, Sixes are at halftime, are uh, coming out of the half. They were up 55-44. Uh, now it looks like it's in the uh, third quarter, 64-51. And um, Ben Simmons, let's talk about that three ball, man. Let's talk about that three. Memphis, he was one for two. Uh, looked fluid, didn't think about it, shot it, made it. Everyone uh, didn't want to drink that Kool-Aid, but some sippers well, was on that juice box. That juice box is sweet, man. I'm telling you, that juice box is sweet. Uh, one for two, stroked it, looked good. I didn't really put much into it. Uh, right now in the uh, game they're playing, he hasn't attempted a shot. Doesn't look like he's looking for a shot. But uh, he's got his handprints all over the game, seven rebounds, seven assists, got ten points. You know, that's a typical bang game when he's running the point. You know, your point guard uh, at this point, as we're recording here, is uh, two rebounds, two assists, and uh, Shake has uh, eight points with uh, 15 minutes of burn. So, you know, it's interesting. Everything's interesting. Hey, we're used to Brett Brown, you know, experimenting. That's the word experiment. I have to experiment to see what I have. I have to feel out to see what I got. You know, that's what we come accustomed to with this team. You know, all experiments, all custom, all all wait and see. So, but I like to see, I like to wait and see and be get some bananas and Gatorade in his big ass body. You know, that's what I want to see, man. It, this, that, it just bothers me. It bothers me that he gets nicked up like this. He needs it. And the, the Sixers, they're doing great right now with him not being available. But still, you need your superstar available for when these games actually count. Need and beat because Al Horford is an aged Al. He's not He's not a Atlanta Hawks Al. You know, he's not the first two years of Boston Al Horford. This is an older Al Horford. Right. You know, Horford Cordell, he's catching a lot of heat, man, a lot of heat. And I, I, I'd i like to get behind Al Horford, man. I want to see him succeed. You know, he's got 12 points in this game right now that they're playing. And um, he looks good. 
But, you know, and, and, wait a minute. Al's, uh, he's shooting 80% from beyond the arc. He's four for five. I'll bring that up. I, I mean, I don't want to see Al take that many threes, man. Al's crafty. I mean, I want Al to be Al. This, this, this is a lot of threes. A lot of threes they're shooting right now. How much you of know, that do you think is Brett Brown? It's a lot. It's a lot. They shot 25 threes already. And they're only, uh, you know, three minutes into the third quarter. I mean, granted, they're blowing out OKC. So it looks like OKC probably pulled their starters. And at the moment, the Sixers have a 19-point lead. Yeah. I mean, good. Good. So we're going to see – you're going to see a lot of Noel Pell. You're going to see uh, uh, Norvell Pell, excuse me. You're going to see Matisse the Thief. You're going to see GR3. You're going to see Alec Burks. You know, um, you're going to see Kyle Quinn, Mike Scott, and Shylock. You know, that. so we'll see that, and then we'll see if the, they can hold on to the lead or not. But, um, you know, this, this second unit, you know, with Ben, where they play Memphis, uh, that was uh, – I actually like the lineup. I liked it a lot because he had three starters in there, and he only brought in Quirk Miles and um, – um, I think it was GR three off the bench. So he had um he had uh Toby, Josh, Ben, Quirk Maz, and GR three. I didn't mind that. And then Al Horford came in with that uh unit as well. So but um GR three went out. So I mean that that the 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 advantage you have with Al coming off the bench uh, he strengthens the second unit if he's used correctly. The advantage you have with Ben, ben Simmons running the four if he doesn't get in foul trouble and um, Shake Milton needs a breather, you can put Ben back at the the the, uh, the point who's going to still dominate the game and then bring in someone else at the four. So I, that's why I like the new lineup because it gives Brett Brown more flexibility with that second unit. So, you know, we'll see how how it looks going forward, but it was telling. Oh, and another telling thing was we saw uh, Embiid and Al Horford on the court together where Brett Brown told us through, through camp and through this summer camp, you know, in the NBA, in the NBA bubble, that Embiid and Horford were not on the court at the same time at all. They haven't played together at all in practice. And then it shows up that, you know, shows up in the first game and beating Hal Horford on the court together. So this is what I'm saying. Like, he tells us one thing, and then we see something else. Like, are you surprised? No, not really. You know, not really. Not surprised anymore with whatever Brett does. I'm just – I just sit back and, and just watch and observe and see what happens. Like, what is so, Brett Brown's endgame in all of this? Well, hopefully his end game is to win the championship for the city. I mean, let's be let's be real, right? Ideally, yeah. So, I mean, ideally that's his end game. That or he's just trying to trick the media. I don't know what his end game is, but I'm not fully convinced it is to win the NBA title. I don't think you want to get into tricking the media. That, that's a that's a dangerous game you want to start playing. I mean, I I, I do like I said, Brett's a good dude. If you know him, talk talk hoops with him. I, his coaching ability and style, I'm just um, I'm kind of over it, over it. 
But, you know, I, I like the, the shakeup. I think this was the shakeup, as, as I said on the last uh, pod we recorded, as the shakeup was something that we thought that was going to happen in the beginning of the year, you know, but now, you know, you're, you're shaking it up now because it's crunch time. You're kind of almost playing like a college style basketball schedule where you're playing every other day, every game matters. And it's a sprint to the finish. So, and that kind of reminds me of like a, uh, you know, the, the tournaments in college, both the, before they get into the uh, March madness, they get to the, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, so on and so on. And not for nothing, I kind of missed that. I missed it this year. You know, big hoop, big as a hoop fan as I am, I missed the uh, the individual tournaments. I missed the um, the uh, March Madness. You know, I that's good basketball. It's good basketball because that and also, that also builds a lot of teams, uh, or I should say, a lot of players' stock. You know, you get to see them on the rise. That on how they they play under good competition amongst each other, and it's just exciting to see. And we got you know we got that taken away from us. So you know hopefully next year uh, we'll have it, and if we don't, and we just roll with it, and twenty twenty two will be better. But um, go ahead, Matt. So you're completely writing off twenty twenty one. I'm not necessarily writing off twenty twenty one. I'm just trying to be um I'm just trying to be realistic, okay? With Brett Brown We're, definitely uh, coming back. With what? <laughs> with Brett Brown definitely coming say? back. Since we discussed last week that he's coming back next season. Yeah, with Brett Brett Brown's definitely coming back next season. Uh, I let me I right, listen, I need to sip my drink on that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that to you. Excuse me, everybody. I that I need. At this Ooh. rate, we're gonna have you drunk. Yeah, they go seven and one. I will be or eight and zero. Oh. Well, because uh, we're gonna drink that Crown Royal. Yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a sprint to the finish. I'll tell you that. But um, yeah, Brent Brown's coming back next year, man. You know I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Tired of it. But uh hey. Good luck, Brett. Need you. We need you to to uh turn it around for us. So, all right, man. Coming out of uh coming up after the, uh these commercial breaks, we'll get into uh uh Matisse doing what he's doing, doing big things on YouTube. If you guys don't know about that, uh we'll uh I guess we'll uh touch that Pacers game real quick. Uh, since it's going to be August 1st, and then uh, we'll uh, get into uh, the little question. We've got, a little, got some questions to answer, and uh, we'll get into that and close it out. Close it out, uh, hopefully, on a, a nice high note. And we have, uh, a, little, we have a little commercial for Joel Embiid coming up. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. So hang tight with us, uh, everybody. This is Big T Will. That's Nat Marlowe. We're Philly Full Court Press, and we'll be right back with uh, after these commercial breaks. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. 
Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, stay six feet from others when we can, and when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. All right, everybody, welcome back. Billy Full Court Press. And, uh, you know, we're going to got to stop that spread, man. Stop that spread so we can get back to a little normalcy and uh, get everything right so we can get back to these N- uh, NCAA tournaments and the uh, NBA and everything. But, um, yeah, so then, man, Ben Simmons with that, uh, that one for two. One for two on that stroke. Looked good. Like I said, looked fluid. Hasn't taken a shot yet. So, Nat, let me ask you a question. Was it for show? that he can shoot it, like he said, on the other two he shot during the season? Or is it legitimately uh, him working on it? Um, I think part of it is for show. I think he doesn't want to be... He doesn't want to be, be crutched by that, being labeled as a number one draft pick who can't shoot a three to save his life. I don't think he wants to hold himself back or anything like that. But I also don't think... Um, he wants to be embarrassed by that, where every time he does make a three, everyone and their mother loses their you-know-what over it. No, I think he wants it to become a regular thing. And optimally, that's is what's important to this team. Because if he does that on a regular basis, then the entire NBA is on lock. They have to watch out for that. They're going to be in trouble with that. And with Ben Simmons shooting the three... Why not do it on a regular basis? You're in the perfect scenario to do that on a regular basis. With no fans there, no pressure from the crowd to do that. So just go ahead and take the shot. Well, that's why he has the uh that's why he agreed to sit down with a uh, sports therapist about uh shooting the three. So he he's recognizing that it is an issue. Uh and that takes a lot of, that takes a lot, man. That takes a lot as a, a young man to uh admit that he has uh, something going on that he, uh, you know, has to address because, um, you know, for a long time since he's been in Philly, we've been asking him to take that shot. So, I mean, all right, so you want to, you know, I was asked um, what did I think about it? I Like I said, I didn't really put too much into it. I thought he did it more for, hey, look, I've been, I can shoot it, you know, he actually made a statement saying he'd rather be the 40%, 50% guy, not the 30, 35% guy. So that tells me don't expect any, don't expect no more than four shots from beyond the yard a game. And that's if we're lucky. You know, for him to even address that like that tells me that, uh, you know, he, he, you say, all right, yeah, I took the shot. We good. But now, now, um, this is where I'm at. 
But as long as you attempt it, at least on a per-game basis, then you're at least moving in a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, the, but the right direction is, you know, for the team. You're doing it for the team. You know, the fans look at it. There's a lot of fans that want them to do it for their selfish, selfishness. I don't. I personally don't need them to take the three. I want Ben's. I want Ben's uh, prints all over the game. I said that before. I say it again. You know, he's more. He's more effective when he's all over the court doing what he does. Exactly. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily need him hoisting threes left and right. And he already is one of the more dangerous players in the NBA. But when he does get comfortable with that three, when he does do it on a regular basis, he's going to be unstoppable. I hope he does. I hope he's still a sixer when he does do it. Yeah, that is yeah. another excellent point. He might not be a sixer when he gets to that point. Yeah, I hope he. I hope he is. I really do. I, I love Ben. Love Joel. I hope they stay together their whole career. Be nice. So you know that's that's where I'm at with the Ben. The Ben shooting. Everybody else, uh, you know, you you do what you want to do with it. Thirst it up. You know, IG. Twitter it, Facebook it. I'm just going to be cool with it. You, you know, heard we'll it here first. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, um, yo, listen, Sixers, uh, I, I might bump them up to a 4-4 four and four record. You know, with the Pacers taking that injury to uh, Sabonis, you know, Sabonis leaving the NBA bu- uh, bubble for that foot injury, uh, that's an all-star at that uh that's leaving the team, and he he let he's been carrying the Pacers right now. You know, the kid's been uh, silky smooth, so you know could give the Sixers opportunity to um, go four and four. Might take them four and four. I have to see where Embiid's at. You know, after this uh, setback, and uh, don't forget. Pacers still got uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, T.J. Warren. You know they got the pain in our thorn, T.J. McConnell. So you know they got they still got a team. You know they still got a team. They got McBuckets, Doug McDermott, so he can fill it up. Oladipo, he's not playing, but that's his team. You know he's the point guard. So it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. Tough situation. It's you know, tough, but I, the Pacers' injury does increase Embiid, the Sixers' chance of yeah, beating them it's, tenfold. It's, yeah, I think it's the Embiid thing that's bothering me. It's the Embiid thing that's bothering me. I mean, if Embiid was healthy, he's playing right now. I I gladly slide him up to to the four wins, four and four. You know, hell, might even go five and three. You know, but <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. Everything rests on Embiid. So, you know, but I'll uh I'll address that next week. I'll get on the actually I couldn't because they're gonna start. By the time we record again, it's going they're gonna have that game with. So you know what? I'll let my sixer fandom come out. Okay? Instead of three and five, I'll go four and four. They 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 sneak around and get that W against the Pacers with uh some bonus out with the foot injury. Because that's a big blow to Indiana's offense. So I'll get behind the squad so everyone can't keep beating me up saying that I'm a miserable. Okay? So I'll give you the four and four. What do you think, Nat? 
I don't think that's out of the realm of reason, especially because that is a considerable loss for Indiana. Yeah. The Pacers Absolutely. have given the Sixers way too many problems this year. And, you know, now that Indiana has a problem, well, the Sixers take advantage of it. Exactly. Two two guys, Oladipo Sabonis, two two major key key players for the Pacers that are out. So, you know, Ben's in the four. Got uh, Shake running the point. You know, Shake is better than TJ. I'll throw that out there. Who wants to fight me? <laughs> but uh, TJ got a lot of love, man. TJ got so much love in the city. So much love in the city. But he played with grit, man. He deserves it. I'm not a TJ basher. I always appreciate how hard he played. No, you can't. He sense a lot. You can't he bash a liability, but, uh, you know. Go ahead, Matt. Definitely a defensive liability, but you can't bash him. Nah, nah, nah. Can't bash him at all. But, uh, oh, no, nah, we didn't let everybody know. We're still doing the um, the uh, social distance remote. You know, today I'm inside looking outside, and uh, you're you're somewhere. I'm inside my private studio happen. right now. <laughs> yeah, you're somewhere making the show happen. So, you know, we, we're social distancing, so everybody else needs a social distance. You know, but uh, just like just like Ben was social distancing from three, you know, like, <laughs> let's uh, see if we can uh, get them, you know, not social distancing so much from it, getting close to that. Get comfortable but, with uh, the arc. Get comfortable with it, you know. Get comfortable with the new, the new NBA, the new lineup, Ben. You know, but um, hey, man, listen. Yeah, we we talked about uh, Matisse earlier. For those who don't know, uh, Matisse Stiebel has three hundred and six thousand subscribers already off of four videos. You got episode four of Welcome to the Bubble, and if you don't know about it. You know, go on YouTube, put in Matisse Stiebel, and it will pop up. You know, I suggest you watch them, draw about 10-minute clips of what's going on inside the bubble, and they're hilarious. They're so funny. You know, uh, Matisse is bringing us, you know, closer to our team and our city with the things he's doing in there. And um, if you haven't checked it out, you know, I think you should check it out and, um, you know, it's funny. It's funny because he's giving us a look at the food, uh, the practice, uh, the players, how loose they are, how serious they are. And, uh, you know, he's he's doing this for – I guess he's doing it for himself and he's doing it for us, and I appreciate it. So, Nat, have you checked it out yet? I have. He's super funny. And I checked out his Good Morning America interview too. That's when you know, like, you've made it. Yeah, when you hit uh, GMA uh, in the morning show, you know that's when you know uh, something uh, something's brewing, you know, with whatever you got going on. Because I'm sure they reached out to him about that, and uh, that it's been great. So you know, for everyone who listens, um, check out Matisse. Let's get behind Matisse uh, with his YouTube channel. You know, tweet him, Facebook him, IG him, tell him that you've been watching it. You appreciate it, and uh, you know the kid. The kid, uh, he um, he looks like he he's going to be here for a while, and I, I like that. So he was kind of already know. a social media star, but uh, that was mostly in the Philly area. Now he's 
just become this huge internet superstar almost like overnight. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. His uh, his his fandom has grown nationally now with this. Uh, not just with the Sixers now, but uh, doing all the interviews and everything. He's putting his brand out there, which is good, man. So, you know, Matisse, man, keep doing your thing, man. Keep keep working hard. I want to see uh, big things out of you in the next uh, the uh, during the sprint of these uh, last couple games and um, definitely next season. So, uh, but uh, hey, man, we got we got something special coming up. You know, after these uh, commercial breaks, we got a little Q and A, got a little questions and answers. You know, this is where we uh, put the pressure on everybody else. This is the full court press right here. You know, so got a little questions and answers we want to get to. But uh, got plenty of them. Might not get to all of them. If I don't get to all of them, you can uh, get uh, see the response at uh, full court press seven six. You know, it's a Twitter handle, and uh, if you ask a question and we didn't get to it, just go back to uh, follow us on that, and uh, we'll definitely answer it on there. So, but, uh, yeah, right after these breaks, man, let's get into these uh, Q&A, man. This will all be fun, and uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Embiid again and, uh, you know, this uh, injury that's still lingering. You know, it happened during the game, during the Memphis game. He started feeling a discomfort in the calf. Discomfort in the cast. Let that sit in, everybody. Hey, man, big key rule, man. We'll be back after these commercial breaks. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, stay six feet from others when we can, and when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Apparently this thing's actually like electronic picture frame. And this is a USB stick with pictures of me and my family. So, uh... How does this thing work? There we go. My dad sent selfies of himself. <laughs> Just be normal. Okay, okay, I'll be normal. I'll be normal. I wish. What are you doing? I said be normal. <laughs> How you doing, my boy? Have you watched any of the vlogs yet? Pushers on, Mar. Oh! And you just take a blind smack like Benjamin did? Let go. Oh, Ben smacked you. So I didn't foul you. No. Oh, okay, I thought you said I fouled you. Practice is designed for blue. If you didn't know that, you know it now. <laughs> I ain't no Say that. Say that. I don't care about Who won today? Who won, who won the most games? Red. Huh? Red. No, they Red. did not. We Red. did. 
I think I might be a genius. So basically this pass says that, like you're COVID free and you can't go anywhere without a mask on. But how do you make sure you don't forget it? I'm gonna put it here, my no COVID pass here. I'll never forget them. You know what I'm saying? Quiet storm. The real, the real. Yeah, let's get into it. We don't have to go through it. I'm just a kid sitting here talking about it. Y'all just acting like, hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to the Philly Full Court Press. Uh, Big T Will, Nat Marlowe. Um, that was a nice little clip you played, uh, Nat, from uh, Matisse's. Uh, YouTube channel. Like I said, everybody go check that out. So, uh, Matisse is, uh, is doing big things and uh, we all should get behind him. But, uh, man, let's get into these q and A. I've, I've been, uh, I've been uh, looking forward to this one. So, got, we got one sent in from uh, my man Mark. KM. I let your boy. Congratulations getting back into the studio, getting back into uh, fighting and doing things for the kids, man. Mark asked uh, Matisse Thibel, as we just got done talking about him, uh, could he continue to grow slowly? Can he make a major impact immediately during the COVID play? And Or could he get checked and humbled as a rookie? All three good questions. Um, first, I think uh, his growth hasn't been slowly. I think it's been right on pace, so he's I think he's already beyond that slow growth uh, process in this time of the this time of the year, especially this time of the season. Uh, he definitely has no choice but to make a, a media impact as well uh, as well. So his impact during this COVID play during the NBA bubble is going to be necessary because people like Mike Scott has still yet to step up. Embiid's um, injury. Um, not knowing how, you know, Jay Rich is going to play, not knowing, uh, Albert and GR3, if, um, they're going to continue to, uh, play solid as they are right now. So, you know, Matisse has, he has a lot to handle and with him being with the team from day one, you know, and him doing this YouTube thing is showing me that, his impact will be immediate and he's done with the slow grow. Uh, so I don't think he'll be checked and humbled as a rookie. I think that's already passed him. I think he got checked and humbled on the, uh, road, the road games when him and, uh, Brett Brown had that little bicker and back and forth. And then he didn't play for like two or three games. That was when he got checked as a rookie, you know, and that's what made him humble. Like, Hey, you got to listen to the coach, man. You know, and a couple players pulled him to the side. So, um, definitely that. So, that was a good question, though, Mark. Uh, thanks for uh, being a listener, and uh, appreciate you. So, we'll go to another question coming out of South Jersey, Ocean City. Uh, this young lady, Miss Jill, she's a Sixers fan. She's a big Matisse fan. She uh, calls Matisse her son, but he actually is my son first. But um, she asked, uh, will, will MB layoff? The milkshakes. Well, in the NBA bubble, I think he's definitely laying off the milkshakes. But I do think he needs some vitamin D, especially if you're having tightnesses in the calf and everything. 
So, yeah, I do think he'll lay off the milkshakes inside the NBA bubble. Um, she also said, uh, do I think his uh, conditioning and stamina will be an issue during this time? Um, it all depends. I mean, I didn't see... I didn't see out of the um, Memphis game it looking like a uh, issue, but they only ran ten minutes, ten minute quarters. But the conditioning part is always going to be there with Embiid, no matter what, no matter what he looks like physically, and where his mindset is mentally happy, not happy, sad, not sad. You know, conditioning, hoop conditioning, getting up and down the court is always going to be there with him until we see it consistently. So, you know, that's a good question. Yes, I do. I do uh, think uh, it, it might be an issue, especially now because he's hurt. You know, he's hurt. So who knows if uh, if he's going to um, play or not? You know, how much is he going to play? Is it going to occur again? when they play against the uh, Pacers August 1st in a couple of days. We shall see, you know, but that's coming from another Sixer fan who watches the game, who who follows, who, who, who understands that MB's condition has been an issue all year. And let it, you know, let it show again. You know, here we are talking about MB. You know, so, but that was another one. Um, Christy. Said, can Al Horford play effectively off the bench? Uh, that's a great question because I look, I want to see Al play effectively off the bench. Where the Sixers need Al Horford to play effectively off the bench, he's got to be put in the right position. You know, you got to, you know, it's up to Coach Brown to put these guys in the right position to be effective. So, excuse me, we should see. We shall see. Um, but that's a good question. Uh, him playing off the bench uh, strengthens the second unit. So that's, um, that's always a plus. You know, they always have a uh, second strong unit off the, uh, off the bench in the NBA. You know, because teams that make deep runs in the NBA playoffs and teams that win championships have strong benches. And we're moving... Horford to the bench, not looking at his contract and what we paid for him, but just moving him to the bench and bringing him off the bench strengthens the second unit. So, you know, um, I'm going to say, yeah, I think he can play effectively as long as he's put in the right position to play effectively. So, you know, but that's another good question. Um, thanks for that question. And, and as well, you and Jill, you know, thanks for, uh, thanks for the love and uh, support. Uh, Miss Nina down south, down in Florida, you know, big Philly fan. She said, um, do I think Ben continues to catch and shoot without hesitation? Um, I really don't think so. I don't think so. Because as we're watching here at this uh, second preseason game, he hasn't made it, he hasn't attempted one yet. So... That tells me that he did that, you know, just to say, hey, look, I can do it when I want to do it still. You know, Ben Ben is very mindful of what he does. Let's, you know, let's let's keep it real. Um, if he wanted to be more cautious or conscious about shooting, he would have shot two more this game against the uh, OKC Thunder. So, and he hasn't. 
So that tells me, you know, it's not it's it's up to him when he's going to do it, and it's not up to us. So if he doesn't think about it, if he catches and shoots, doesn't think about it, cool, cool. But I don't see uh, I don't see uh, Ben, you know, continuously catching and shooting. You know, it's going to be it's going to be one of those I he's going to feel it out type deals. You know, I'm going to feel it out if he feels like shooting. If not, then he's not going to shoot. So, you know that that's what it is with Ben, and that's the whole that's what it is with the team. You know, it's still that we're still on that wait and see pattern. We're still on the uh, the tarmac. We haven't taken off yet, and it's been like I feel like it's been like that all season. But um, my man. My man, uh, Rune today, my man Joe, he had a, he had a great question. And, um, you know, it's, it's not even, it, it, it's a straight up, you know, sports question. I appreciate a question like this. But uh, he said, uh, if for those who don't know, the New York Knicks have hired uh, Tom Thibodeau to be their coach. He signed a five-year deal. I think that's a great signing. You know, Leon Rose is already making moves in New York and you know the East has to be very careful on what they do because nothing gets past uh, Leon Rose the guy's Mr. NBA behind the scenes so he's, he's very powerful and he has a lot of pull and uh, Thibodeau signing a five year deal with him they're, they're going to be a nice combo now how long do I think it'll take Thibodeau to um, turn the Knicks around uh, it, the question should be how are the players going to how the young players going to respond to Thibodeau and how his coaching style. You know that's going to affect on how long the Knicks turn it around. You know the Knicks can bring in the talent, but they're going to bring in young talent. There's, I don't see too many vets wanting to go play Tib style at this time in their career. So he's going to have to take all that young talent that comes start that starts flowing through Madison Square Garden and turn it around into um, you know the talent that he had in Chicago and what he started out with Minnesota. They're going to have to grasp to him. Uh, and if they do, if they take the Tibbs and listen to Tibbs and get tough because if, uh, the NBA is good when the Knicks is good. Just like they always said, the NBA is good when the Sixers and Celtics are good, when the Lakers are good, which they are now. Uh, the NBA can get better when the Knicks are good. So I, I will. I don't know the timetable. Maybe I'll say out of the five-year deal, maybe it'll take him three seasons. You know, three seasons to um, to get that turned around, and, that, and that's actually fairly quick. So you know, Knicks fans ought to be uh, continue to be patient, and uh, you know, that's a good first step getting Tibbs in there. Um, <laughs> Joe asked. He also asked uh, Brett Brown. Is he any better than Gabe Kapler? Matt, what do you think? Is Brett Brown any better than Gabe Kapler? Any better? Yes. How much better? That's that's another question. I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'll say yeah. Well, I, I'll say yeah. Brett, Brett's better than Gabe because, you know, Brett did get the Sixers to the uh, – to, uh, the playoffs, second round, two seasons in a row now. Gabe, Gabe didn't even get the Phillies to the playoffs. And Gabe was a robot. 
You know, Gabe didn't speak. Gabe didn't speak. Gabe. Gabe spoke whatever Clintac wanted him to say, which was nothing. You know, and nothing nothing that Kapler ever said made sense. Nothing that Kapler ever said made you believe that the Phillies actually were going to make noise under Kapler. So, you know, I appreciate Girardi because, you know, Girardi's giving you honest answers. You know, he said if something didn't work, he said it didn't work. He didn't give you a uh, little story about how it didn't work and how we need to continue to suntan and rub lotion on ourselves and bring out, you know, um, key balls and, and, and machines and do this and do that. Like Kaplan, man, he was, he was different. You know, we were, and we were talking about this at the station the other day and he got hired right away by the San Francisco Giants. Pretty much the second he was fired here, the Giants picked him right up. Like he must be the best interviewer ever. Gotta be. You gotta be. I mean, Kapler, he's weird, man. Just put it out there. He's weird. He's a weird guy. You know, does he know the, does he know the game? I, I believe he does. I think he does know the game. But he I just lets he, analytics do the talking for him. Right, right. I think he he got so wrapped up on what Clintac was feeding him, he, for, he got lost in his own mindset. So, you know. We'll see what he does in San Fran. I know everyone's keeping a close eye on him. Uh, Joe has a list here, man. He got uh, will break it and be to explode off the ball to create separation, like Anthony Davis. No, flat out no. Okay, uh, because and B's not even on the court right now to get explosive uh, explosion like uh, Anthony Davis. And B can't stay healthy to stay on the court to get explosion like Anthony Davis. And B won't drink his milk. He won't drink his electrolytes. You know, and B won't do the things that we need M B to do to stay on the court to be explosive. It's always short spurts. You know, so hopefully hopefully this cast this cast pain is nothing major, okay? And we do get him back on the court. And since this is a short spurt. And this is a sprint to the finish, you know. Maybe MB can carry us that way, but we'll see, man. We'll see, Joe. Man, love the questions, love them. People coming in. Um, got another one from my man, uh, my man Carver. Carver said, uh, "MB, can he be ready to carry this team through the NBA bubble?" And once again. And B's not playing, so therefore, no. It sucks. It sucks that we're still sitting here talking about MB and not playing. And this is, and it sucks that we're talking about not hitting on draft picks, you know, because as they're playing OKC, the Sixers need OKC's draft pick because that's the only one that's going to be a first-round pick for the Sixers because the Sixers lost their first-round pick when they made the move for Tobias Harris. So... Yes, we need OKC to play well. We need the Sixers to play well. I mean, it looks like it's going to be out of the top 20. So I'm looking at Elton Brand and doing something that I continuously say we always do. Take that first pick, package a deal, try to move up in the draft to get another young talent, or package the deal and bring in another player or bring in somebody else. Or they patent make the pick. What do you think? 
Let me know. Because I, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious to what they're going to do right there. You got Shake Milton. Someone said they want to bring in another backup point guard. So are you going to ride with Shake as next year as your starter and bring in the backup? Or are you going to bring in his vet to take Shake's spot and make Shake the backup? Who would your backup to Shake even be? Good question. I I look at it like this. You got Simmons. So Simmons is still, is he going to play the point four? Do you go out and try to get a power forward? Play next to Embiid? I thought that was what, why we went and got Horford. Horford's $93 million on the second unit. Also, are you watching the Sixers game right now? No, I actually turned away. Why? What's going on? Guess who blew another considerable lead? <laughs> oh, my God. They're down to- it's the fourth quarter, under four minutes left. The Sixers have a two-point lead right now. Oh, well, I told you. We said this earlier in the pod. We said this earlier. Everybody was going to play, you know, and we saw we knew who was going to get the burn in the second half after the big, the big lead. I told you this. I'm not surprised. The only ones that were ruled out for today's game was Embiid and Neto. But everyone else is getting burned. Like, what is Kyle O'Quinn doing right now? Kyle O'Quinn, five minutes, four points, two for three. He's got four rebounds right now. Letting everyone from the Thunder putting up all these threes. He's a minus ten on the court. But, you know, Kyle Quinn's that guy that, you know, he's, he's going to have to be ready in case the Sixers get in foul trouble. They got to make a a deep, uh, deep. Uh, uh, what am I looking for? Uh, a deep, a deep run, I should say, in the playoffs. Or a, uh, you know, he's got to be ready because last season when Embiid uh, had the uh, tummy hurting, and we had to play. Um, What's his name from Detroit? He's on Detroit now. Greg Monroe. And everyone was living while he was playing. Yeah, so you're going to need, you know, people like Kyle Quinn to uh, be ready because we saw what happened with uh, Embiid and his uh, stomach issues. So, you know, they had to, excuse me, they had to go with uh, Greg Monroe with the Brooklyn Nets series. And remember all the all the hell that was raised seeing Greg Monroe on the court for that Brooklyn series, and he actually performed, you know. So Brett had to dig deep. He had to dig deep into the roster. So that's why you're seeing, you know, these these uh, these uh, situations play out, and that's why Brett's just feeling it out. Matt, don't look too much into the blown leads so much right now. Worry about the blown leads during the um, playoffs, once we get to the playoffs, or once we get to these eight games, that's when that's when uh, you should be more concerned. Because, you know, right now, he, Brett Brown's just, you know, he's, he's like I said, he's got the little league mentality. Everybody plays. Which, at this particular time, I'm okay with. You know, I'm okay with. Because these guys also got to be prepared to uh, step up when um, time is right. 
So yeah, don't don't look too much into that. But uh, Matt, I got a question for you since we're in the Q and A part okay. of the show. My question for you is, where do you see the Philadelphia Flyers at the end of their season starting? Are they going to be the number one seed in the East? Or are they going to come up short and be the two seed in the East? I haven't really thought about this too much, but they're in the best possible position because they can't go lower than fourth. They can only move up. With this round-robin tournament to determine the seeding, you're in the best possible scenario by being number four right now because you can get to that number one spot. I see them going number three. I don't think they're good enough to take the number two, the number one spot. I can see them getting the three. That's just my initial prediction, and I will stick with my original prediction for the beginning of the season that they're an Eastern Conference Finals team. I believe they make the finals. I don't believe they win the finals. Even with the uh, layoff that they had, because they had a lot of chemistry yeah. going into uh, you know the, the, this COVID break. You know, prior to that loss to Boston, um, they had a lot. They had a lot of momentum, and you know. Matt, Matt's a big uh, hockey guy. Matt loves the Flyers, die hard. So I don't mind uh, picking his brain a little bit, you know, every now and then about the uh, Flyboys. So far, my prediction's been spot on with them having a tremendous season with guys like Matt Niskanen and Justin Braun helping out that blue line. Carter Hart, Brian Elliott having tremendous years overall because that was what they needed. Great goaltending and great defense, especially especially uh, on that blue line, that was what they needed more so than goaltending, in my opinion. Um, in terms of the their goaltending overall, the biggest problem was that they didn't have consistency. I mean, when you have eight goalies in one season, you're not going to get consistency. So keeping Elliott, keeping Carter Hart, pretty much the best thing you can do on that end. And then introducing guys who'd actually keep the puck away from those guys so that way they only have to make a save when they need to. When you get rid of Andrew McDonald, when you get rid of Brandon Manning, when you get rid of Radko Gudis, you know, guys who can't clear the puck out of their own zone, unlike Matt Niskanen, unlike Justin Braun, Ivan Provorov, you name it, you're going to have a good squad. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what the Flyers did, what the Flyers did was exactly what everyone wanted them to do last year. You know, they wanted the, the younger guys to come up. They wanted to get better on defense, and they wanted guys that were tough enough to stay within, you know, the situation they're in right now as they're making the run that they're not mentally going to fall apart in big games because uh, a lot of it last season I thought was mental. They fell apart mentally during this uh, last season and under uh, Haxall. So, but, uh, yeah, good stuff, Matt. Um, that's, a, that's your flyer talk for the day, though. So don't don't do it again. Hey, I know it's a, <laughs> hey, I know it's a Sixers show. I don't. I treat it like work. I can only talk about Flyers for thirty seconds at a time. Yeah, yeah. So we got we got our we got our Flyboy talk in there. And oh, quick note: we will get our Phillies talk in real quick. You know they're up five four right now against the Nats. And they blew a four run uh, lead. They blew a four one a four run lead. Yes, they did. So I got another question for you. Speaking of since we're uh, Q and A real quick. Can the Phillies win 43 games? Programming note for this next part. This was recorded before the Marlins decided to play 
with players knowing they had tested positive for COVID-19, thus putting the entire MLB at risk and f***ing everything up. I want to say yes so bad, but the problem is they can't seem to win decisive victories against the Marlins on a consistent basis. And you have to be able to defeat the bottom feeders if you want to win that many games. So we'll see how this game turns out. Um, if they end up winning this game, I think the answer will be yes. If they lose the game, I think the answer will be no. Yeah, Phillies are in a tough situation, man. Yeah, I mean, I look at it like this. I'm not paying really too much close attention to them until they get rid of Clintac. Clintac's holding this team back, personally. But yeah, yeah you're right. Joe. Same thing with McPhail. I, yeah, oh, yeah, too. To that. Touche. Both of them. Get out of here. But, uh, you know, I love Joe. Joe Girardi. I like that move. I like the new coaching staff. I like the new, the new um, VP running the um, farm system. Um, who would have thought, though, in Philadelphia, you see Don Mattingly and Joe Girardi coaching two teams in Philadelphia, and they're both not the Yankees. Hey, you won't hear me complain that's, about that. That's wild. It's wild. You know, tells you where we're at to these, uh, to these uh, sports. Because, you know, if I would have asked you that question 20 years ago, you would have said no chance. So, but, uh, yeah, so the Sixers look like they lost this one, uh, 102-97. Don't put too much stock into it, everybody. You know, just look at it. Put stock into why Embiid didn't play. Uh, ben Simmons, 14-11-9. Uh, um, Alexander for uh, OKC, 16-7-5. So, you know. I'm sure Ben didn't play that much of the second half. I didn't really watch too much of the second half. And uh, But, hey, here's another alarming, alarming trait that I want to bring to your attention. Oh, no. What's up? Out of this scrimmage game here against OKC, and I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, you can't live and die from jumpers. Got to get something towards the rim. The Sixers made more threes than they made foul shots. They made 15 threes, but they only took 10 foul shots. You can't do that. No. No. You're not that type of team. You're not that type of team. Even with, even, even with Embiid on the bench, you're still big enough to dominate the foul line. You can't do that. You can't do that. And this is what I'm talking about. Brett, man, he shied away. He shied away from his system with Embiid in there, and he went back to the other system of bombing away. And you can't do that. And this is why I don't think the Sixers will win. You can't have more, you can't have more three attempts than foul, uh, ten, ten foul shots. Ten. Yeah, you're not going to win your games like that. Not with the way this team is built. No. No. Hey, man, listen. Cool. How much is Kool Aid right now, Matt? What do you think the average price of Kool Aid is? But are we charging it by the case here? Getting individual bottles? What are we talking here? 
right. I used to buy the, the, the we used to buy the Kool-Aid drink mix packs, the assorted packs, right? All right. You get that on Amazon for eight ninety. Okay. All y'all Kool-Aid drinkers, listen here. Listen here. If you really think the Sixers are going to survive and make a 71-8-0, you know, get yourself an Amazon account if you don't have one and order yourself this 12-pack assortment for $8.96. Okay? Now, y'all sip on that. You put as much sugar in it as you want. Man, you Y'all, because you, you're sweet, man. You're sweet. Sweet on the, uh, you're sweet on this and, and on this situation. Makes the Jonestown people a, look sane. Yeah, this, this, this right here is proven. This is a fact. Look at the facts. You have 15, uh, three pointed, 15 made threes off of, I don't even know how many tenths, was well over 30. And you only made 10 foul shots. That's not good basketball. Especially with the team we have, that's not good. That's not good ball. You can't do that. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. So, all right, man. Let's let's take our final break, quick break, and uh, let's close everything out, man, and uh, enjoy our our, sun, our Sunday here. And uh, maybe I can find one or two more questions to dig up. So, this is Big T. Will. That's my man, Nat Marlowe. We're here on Philly Four Court Press. We'll be back after these commercial breaks. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, stay six feet from others when we can, and when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. In, in sort of the big deal, I, I stand by that, but I'm with you. I, I get excited. And, and as I said this yesterday or two days ago, whenever it was, it's the paradigm shift. It's the spirit. He doesn't flinch. Mm-hmm. So the, the sport told him, I'm open. Nobody's guarding me. Shoot it. And he did. And I, I agree with you. There wasn't any hesitation on what's next. What decision do I have to make now? Brett, is, Brett has called your, your kind of thought process on shooting a paradigm shift when you've been down in Orlando in terms of how you've, you've been more free to be willing to do it. Is, do you feel like you've gone down there and actually changed your approach in that sense? Um, approach, uh, I think just changing the style of play, I guess. Not really. You know, I'm taking what they give me. Uh, I've been working on the three ball shooting. Um, so now I've, I've been feeling comfortable. Um, still getting to the rim, still going to attack all my guys. Just so I think I had what, nine assists. Um, so just, still trying to play my game and, and just trying to evolve. Some Gatorade. It looked like you could use some Gatorade. You worked up a sweat and you started to fade. 
Hey Jojo, this is for you. There are many ways to work up a thirst, but one way to really quench it with Gatorade Thirst Quencher. The one drink scientifically designed to get you it's thirsty for. You need some electrolytes, Jojo. You look like you could use some Gatorade. Hey man, listen. That... <laughs> And B, man, get them electrolytes in you. Drink your Gatorade, eat your bananas. You know, I I don't know. I don't know, man. I I don't know. I'm all out of. I'm all out of it. Matt, what do you think, man? He needs needs his Gatorade. He needs to do something about that calf of his. I don't know what. I, go see a massage therapist. Go see a kinesiologist. Do something. We need you for the playoffs. Drink more water. Yeah, uh, you drink more. Drink lots of water. That, that's another thing. People don't realize water, water, water can fix a lot. So uh, I, I don't know, man. And be, it, it's just depressing. It's depressing. You can hear it. You can hear it inside inside my voice. It's depressing. And and, and Brett Brown, see, he's selling you all that Kool Aid again. He's selling you all that Kool Aid. And Ben Simmons is right there with him. Because in this uh, loss they just had here in this scrimmage, he's talking about flow of the game and stuff. I didn't see Ben not want, didn't even look like he was looking to take the three. Which is cool on my end. Which is cool on my end. I'm not looking for him to bomb away. But everybody else, the question we got in from Nina down in Tampa you know, uh, the hesitation, just taking it and shooting it. Are we going to see more of it? You see, this game, this would have been the perfect time to do it. So, it's 60 season is back. Philly sports is back. So, this, we're back. We're back for the punishment. And we must be, we must enjoy it because we're going to get beat up. We're definitely going to get beat up. So, hey, man, listen. Great show, Nat. Thank you, sir. Oh, we had a terrific show. What was that? I said we had a terrific show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, sir, for producing. Uh, Thank you guys for uh, sending the questions. I know I didn't get all of them, so uh, I'll make sure uh, Full Court 76 answers them for you guys and um, you know keep them questions coming in and uh, we'll, we'll uh, ask them away get geared up tweak it count Indiana Pacers August 1st and then it's every other day until the weekend they get two they get uh, like a two two day break and they have one back to back that's later on in the in the uh, week before the playoffs start so ramp it up ramp it up and, uh, you know, we're going to wait and see. Amazon, get some, get some Kool-Aid uh, packs ready for all you juice drinkers. But, uh, hey, listen, man, appreciate the love. Matt, producer extraordinaire, thank you for social distancing. Thank you for allowing the show to, to make it work from where I'm at, from where you're at. Uh, thank you to all the listeners. And uh, spread the word, man. Sixers, Sixers hoop season's back this week. Get excited. And this is Big T. 
That's my man, Nat Marlowe. This is Philly Full Court Press. You guys have a prosperous week, and we'll get back at you on the next episode. Peace. Let's ride out, Nat.